Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today, we are so happy... So happy to be joined by one of my very best friends, Whitney. Thank you for coming on, Whitney. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, gosh. We're so excited to have you because we've been talking a lot about uh, soccer. And Samantha had done this episode on it and was like, I wish we had someone we could bring on to talk about it. And I was like, well, I have kind of the person (laughs) that would be good, I think. (laughs) The casual aficionado, if you will. (laughs) I love it. Because we were talking about the fact that neither one of us had really watched it. And Annie's like, well, I did watch a little bit of it. And it was really fun because of, and I'm like, but she, I'm like, why isn't she on? Let's let's have a conversation because we need to know what's going on. And I know nothing that has happened except that we're at the end of it now. Yeah? Yes, it has concluded. The World Cup for the women. Yeah? Yes. Yes. Wait, who won? Who won? Uh, Spain. Spain. For the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? This is their first? Yes, we will talk about because some things have happened around that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, originally, you were going to come on earlier, but then there was <laughs> some schedule upsets and then some like upsets, upsets in the World <laughs> Cup. And I was like, maybe we'll give Whitney a little, oh. little time, which we'll also talk about. Uh, first, I was physically unwell. Then I was emotionally unwell. And so, <laughs> <laughs> that's know, understandable i get that it though that is though like when you care and you you were like really rooting for something and then i've just seen so many people have come into sports later in life like really liking sports later in life and they're like why do we do this to ourselves <laughs> it's torture yeah yep. yeah <laughs> yeah uh so we're going to be talking about uh, the World Cup and women in soccer and all of that. But before we get into that, I did want to talk about uh, how Whitney and I know each other. We met when uh, we were in middle school and we were both extremely competitive. 
we, with each other specifically. <laughs> oh, no. I love that you have that because I actually have that in my notes as something I wanted to talk about. Yes. <laughs> because that was like, we would, it didn't matter how good we were at the sport. We would be like, I'm going to win this. Well, bad. <laughs> Bad, terrible. <laughs> and there were some injuries that were had <laughs> in our. Oh my god! Our conflicts. because of each other. Because not, I wouldn't say because of each other, but okay. because we were so competitive with each other. Okay. Like I'm pretty sure, didn't you sprain your ankle when we were playing volleyball? I did. <laughs> I was going to ask you. I couldn't remember if it was volleyball or basketball, but Annie and I had PE and health together our freshman year of high school, and that's kind of when we first became really close. I kind of grew up in a sheltered conservative Christian family and I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of access to popular music or movies or books. And Annie was like, you haven't seen what you haven't read what I will show you the air of your ways. And she kind of opened my mind to a lot of that. And a sprained ankle. But specifically what she's talking about, I played soccer in high school and we had a game that day. And during PE class, I believe we were playing volleyball. I don't remember the exact incident itself but i was quite mad because i injured myself right before our game and i blamed oh. annie reese um <laughs> even though it's probably my own fault and had nothing to do with her it happens oh i <laughs> remember not let it go <laughs> and then i injured myself playing basketball i was the one that hurt myself playing basketball because i did a like running die for the ball and then i just slid on the floor <laughs> across Ow. and got a lot of chafing yeah yeah <laughs> so was there a guy was, were we like guys and girls on that that day and we like oh know, yeah you know? oh yeah and we were trying to show up this one guy who was a real jerk mm -hmm. uh, he who shall not be named <laughs> Yeah, who so, was like, girls like can't that. play this. And we were like, yes, they can. And then I slid across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you win at least? Did your team win? I think we did. I think. Who knows? <laughs> I feel like we did. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to rewrite history. You're going to claim it? Yeah. <laughs> like I was a jerk. <laughs> so he doesn't get to, <laughs> even if he did win, he lost. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but you were definitely someone because I was very insecure. I was very insecure about my abilities and about my body. And you were definitely someone who I just enjoyed playing with. Like all of that kind of faded away. And it was just like, this is my friend and this is really fun and this is really competitive and I want to win. And when I didn't win, <laughs> I might be mad, but like not really mad. <laughs> right. Not really. Yeah, so it was a really, you're one of my good friends who I, I was able to do that with. Because a lot of our friends didn't like uh, sports. <laughs> so, so it was really cool. Uh, and a lot of my memories, I do have fond memories of that. And you were someone who I knew, like, really loved soccer. Um, and so can you talk a little bit about how you how you got into it, um, any memories you have around it? Why is it so important to you? So as a little kid, I played just a variety of sports. I think my parents signed me up for t-ball. I played softball at one point. I was on a swim team and I played soccer. I honestly couldn't tell you how, what age I started playing soccer, but there came a point when my parents said, okay, 
you have to choose one sport. Uh, I think I was about 10 or so, and I chose soccer. I think because at the time, it felt like the toughest women's sport I could play. Like, it was the most physical game. I really enjoyed it. I don't know that I was any good, but I really loved playing it. Um, And I just, I kept up with it. I ended up playing in high school on our high school's team. Um, I wasn't good enough to play college or anything like that, but I've still followed it, you know, specifically the women's team throughout the years. Yeah. Yeah. um, And you are someone when you, I know, like anytime a big soccer thing comes up in women's soccer specifically, uh, I know like, okay, I could go to Whitney and Whitney can explain these things. And I know that you have um, all of these memories with it, which is part of why you're here. (laughs) The hazard of being a fan of things and my friend. Um, (laughs) But yeah, do you have any specific memories that just really stand out in terms of how this solidified as something that you really love? Yeah, so in 1999, I was not quite 10 years old, just about. And the U.S. women's team were playing in the World Cup. They were playing in the finals against China. And I was the only person in my family that cared about soccer. Um, But we were visiting my grandmother, and I was at her house. And somehow I was able to get the game to broadcast on her tiny little television. And I sat in the the den and watched it by myself and (laughs) was cheering. But um, of course, I remember the iconic moment where Brandy Chastain um, scored that iconic PK and then took her jersey off, which then you could see her sports bra. And I remember it being a very scandalous thing at the time for a woman to expose herself on national television, even though people run around with sports bras and go to the beach with bikinis, but this was scandalous. But it was just an exciting time. Uh, Mia Hamm was really big at that time too. And she had this commercial with Michael Jordan where they were competing with each other and they sang that song. Uh, Anything you can do, I can do better. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. I Yes, I do. <laughs> it was also coming off the tail of the 96 Olympics and the, the U.S. women's uh, Olympic gymnastics team is just a the 90s was a great time in women's sports but yeah i mean i remember that being that clip of mia ham being put in uh bennett like beckham and yeah. the, that significance even like translated all over the world and how big that was and that that kind of cemented u.s women's soccer because they're like no they're you legitimately can play there and they, they're they're actually celebrated which from our perspective, they really weren't celebrated as much as they should have been. Right. But the fact that they still made it that big, that it went into, like, international films, and you're like, wow, okay, look at this. They they are, like, leaders of this amazing thing that should have been happening a long time ago. But I remember that being such a distinct moment and a, an accomplishment from the for the U.S. Definitely. They dominated the early years, and they came out, and they showed the world, really, that, you know, we're women we're here we can play and we're entertaining people like right. to watch us so watch out i have to ask who is your favorite player then oh, who would you God. call as your person so <laughs> <laughs> i can't answer that i can't answer that oh uh, no there's too many there's too many um can you give a top three <laughs> i really like abby wambach 
He was yeah. epic in the early 2010s. There's this really cool picture that's circulating on the internet that has a picture of Sophia Smith, who is a current U.S. Women's National player. She's like one of the youngest. She's 22. And it's a picture of her with Abby Wambach. And she's like seven years old. Oh. And so it's so cool to see that, you know, she had her as an icon growing up and then went on to become, you know, a household name herself and the future of women's soccer. I love Tobin Heath and Christian Press. They have their own clothing and philanthropy kind of company that they have called Re-Ink. Uh, they're super cool. I love them both. Of course, who doesn't love Megan Lupino and all that she stands for? <laughs> Right. I don't know. I could just, I could talk about all of them. They're just so <laughs> great. All of them. I'm just a fangirl. <laughs> Which is I even better. It. I love it. Yes. And we have been talking about a lot, the, the history of women's soccer and how it didn't get the same attention and the fight for equal pay when, you know, uh, and, and even like just viewership opportunities or equipment um, or things like that. So I think a lot of times people forget, or they don't forget, or may, they, maybe they just don't think about it. But when you think about all that's going on in women's soccer, it is so many things that women are fighting for outside of that realm because I feel like, too, for a long time, especially in the U.S., where soccer wasn't as big as it is in other places, it was just sort of assumed, like, it's just the men's team. It's not a women's team. Women don't really do that. Right. Yeah. And so that that is changing. That is changing. And I feel that in part because of the work of these players, some of some of the ones you're mentioning uh, have really brought these issues to light and it has grown in popularity, which brings us, uh, I think, to this most recent World Cup. Uh, today is August 24th, 2023. It is my birthday. Uh, just it in case. Birthday, yeah, because this is a recent event. So if you're listening to it, things may change. And yeah, this is, we're just having a conversation about, about it, but uh, we are largely depending on you, Whitney, because Samantha and I, I watched games with you <laughs> and I've read, I've read some news. I've seen some, you know, social media posts about it, but I think that's the extent of our <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> so right. if you could break Break it down for us. Give us some some of the ups and downs of this World Cup. So the World Cup itself is about a month-long event. This year, it was co-hosted by Australia and New Zealand. So they had games in both countries. And the way it starts out is there are... I don't remember how many groups, but there are group, there's a group stage and elimination stage. Each group has four teams that are selected or decided upon by the FIFA higher-ups. I don't know what they're called. But uh, in the group stage, each team has to play every other team in their group once. And the top two from each group move on to the elimination stage. The United States has always made it to the elimination stage. This was the first time in World Cup history that that was questioned. So that's kind of a big deal. 
What's cool though is they're also this was the first year it was expanded to include 32 teams. And a lot of people were skeptical because the United States has such a history of dominating the, the Women's World Cup. Um, they're like, it's not going to be a competition. It's not going to be interesting. People aren't going to want to watch it. We saw quite a few upsets this year. In fact, there were three African nations that made it to the elimination stage for the first time in history. Um, South Africa, Nigeria, and Morocco, which was super cool. So what I think that says is that the sport itself is growing. The ripple effects of the success of the United States and have spread throughout. And so these programs are getting more money and they're being more developed and it is becoming more competitive, which is a good thing. We want it to be more competitive, right? Um, so some, some big names and world soccer, Brazil and Canada. Canada is the reigning Olympic champion. Uh, both Brazil and Canada were knocked out in the group stage, which means they didn't even make it to the elimination stage, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, that was, those were pretty big upsets. As for the U.S., if you've seen the news, if you've seen the heartbreak, um, <laughs> we were knocked out in the very first round of the group stage uh, due to PKs. So it went to PKs, meaning PKs is penalty kicks, which means it went full time which is 90 minutes, plus another overtime, which is 215 minutes, so 120 minutes. And then it came down to them squaring off each other, goalie versus one person. So it's really a cruel way to lose, if you think about it, because it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's painful. Oh, it's kind of that final moment in any kind of sports drama, and you're like, <sighs> ah. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up again. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, and there's a, some heartbreak, too, in that, the expectation was there because, you know, we were the winners of the, the last two World Cups. So everybody wants to see a three-peat. Everyone wants the three-peat. Um, but in reality, we have a, a much younger team. Um, our players that were the stars of previous World Cups are getting up there in age. They're injured. You know, it's not saying it's time for them to move on, but it's like, it's a transition period for the United States. Um, and I think them getting knocked out is not a negative thing per se. I think it just shows how much the rest of the world has come to be at the table. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when with a growing sport like this, things are changing. And then also, it makes it more exciting to see the upset. Exactly. Like I know with different teams that won for the first time, you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. You love seeing them put being put on a map. Um, and, and like everybody who thought they would be underdogs coming on top or knocking out some of the biggest teams, even though it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fun to watch to see that that opportunity for other uh teams and countries to be able to show we can get this done absolutely <laughs> still sad though yeah can i rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text. And it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. 
Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. One of my favorite moments um, in this tournament for the women's, the U.S. women's national team was the U.S. versus the Netherlands game, which was the last game of the group stage. Um, and it was zero to zero for a long time. And this was a really critical game because basically the U.S. had to at least either draw or win in order to advance, in order to be in the top to move to the elimination stage. So it was a really critical game for them. Um, and there were two players that are actually teammates outside of the World Cup stage, uh, Lindsey Horan and Van de Donk. I don't remember her first name. She plays for the Netherlands. They both play for Lyon. Uh, and there was an incident where Van de Donk basically hip-checked the crap out of Lindsay Horan. There was no malice involved, but it was really, it was really rough. And Lindsay was pissed. And there was a little <laughs> bit of a, a scuffle between the two. You could say there were there were, might have been a shove there. Uh, and the ref had to be like, okay, ladies, let's chill out. Um, and immediately after that, the U.S. had a corner kick off of which Lindsay Horan scored with a header. And it was just so satisfying to see her exact her revenge on her teammates <laughs> slash frenemy uh, in that moment. <laughs> um, but the most beautiful thing was at the very end, you saw the two players come together and they talked and they laughed and they hugged it out. So it's like, we can be fierce, we can be competitors, but at the end of the day, we're friends and, you know, we're glad to be in this experience. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like you and me. That's it's right. It's like you and me. I was going to say, it's the two of you yelling at each other. Who's for... her <laughs> and who's Van de Donk? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'm definitely I think around. it changed. <laughs> I think it changed based on the day. Uh, <laughs> um, but I know you had other, you had other highlights, right? Yeah. Not specifically like a scoring moment, but something I thought was really cool going back to like the players using their platforms for good. Naomi Germa, she is a bad at, bad A defender that uh, played for Stanford and was rookie of the year and defender of the year her first year in the NWSL. So I don't know if you guys remember, but... Katie Meyer was a player at Stanford that tragically took her own life under questionable circumstances that had to deal with 
some disciplinary action at the university. But she was one of Naomi Germa's teammates and one of her best friends. And so as part of her playing in this World Cup, Naomi Germa teamed up with some of the other players on the U.S. women's team to promote talking about mental health and being open and vulnerable. So as part of that, Naomi Germa dedicated her playing in this World Cup to one of her best friends, Katie Meyer, and teamed up with the rest of the national team and Common Goal to uh, ensure that we have these mental health conversations and that it is a focus, especially in the sports world, where it can be incredibly competitive and there's a lot of pressure and you're expected to be perfect. You're expected to be on all of the time. If you make any mistakes, there's a lot of hatred. There's, you know, anyone can be a bully on the internet. So I thought that was really awesome that she dedicated this World Cup to her uh, fallen comrade and used it, her platform to promote a good cause. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. Like people are so invested in things like this and they want their team to win. So I think any perceived mistake, it's like really targeted, like, oh, you ruined it. Now we won't win because of something you did. I can only imagine the pressure of something like that. Um, and we've had a lot of conversations about that recently, about the the real pressure put on these athletes, especially like younger athletes and women athletes of you have to be so good, like so perfect and the detriment um, to their mental health and their physical health, honestly. <laughs> right. And we know that in general, if it, even if they are perfect, they're going to be whatever else, whether it's looks or family or school. or it, it doesn't matter. The level of scrutiny, especially women in the sports, especially any marginalized person in sports that is actually doing well, will get like either way. And, 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 and even more so if you're if they if you don't perform to the level that they expect you to, which is hilarious because when we talk about like Simone Biles, who is like champion and gold medal after gold medal they still criticize her for everything and anything um and she's become a political pawn somehow <laughs> we see like her name being brought up but the women's soccer we know that that's been an issue as well because they've been used as political uh, pawns and political platforms and conversations about why they don't deserve as much and the amount of like ridicule they get. So the pressure in itself, just trying to live and do something you love is so overwhelming. And then we know that when it comes to mental health, that's the first thing people want to ignore. And then to see things like that when they when things do uh, fall apart or when things go tragically wrong and, and having to use your voice and why it's so important that that does happen. And it's unfortunate that, that she has to carry that on for herself going through something uh, so horrible. But the fact that she's willing to do it is an amazing thing, amazing amount of love and support, sportsmanship in itself to do that is incredible. But it's, yeah, it needs to be talked about way more because I cannot believe that we're not having this bigger conversation about the needs of taking care of our athletes who represent us. I think that's one of the coolest things about watching the U.S. women's team is how how many of them use their platform for good um, to try and raise awareness about a variety of uh, social justice issues. And, you know, I applaud them for their bravery, especially in this current 
political climate, there's been a lot of backlash. There's been a lot of um, conservatives that have mocked them for losing and for for being eliminated so early. And I'm sorry, but that's messed up. And <laughs> they, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're still world class athletes, and you want to use them as you know a pawn in your political game. And they're they're still they're not stepping down. You know they still stand for what they believe in, and then they say what you want to say. But they're we should be proud of them. Yes. Something that's crazy that some people may not know is that women um, participating in the specifically a FIFA World Cup is a fairly recent event that's happened. The first women's cup was held in 1991. So <clears throat> for those of you that math. 30-something years ago, right? Uh, Whereas the first (laughs) men's FIFA World Cup was in 1930. So that's 60-plus years of women not being represented in a game that they play globally, but weren't given the platform or the airtime. Or the credit. (laughs) To see how far they've come and how big they've blown up in 30 years. It's pretty impressive. Right. The amount of money they were making in itself. Oh, yeah. That's a whole nother. Which is what we know is why they they decided to go ahead and be like, okay, <laughs> maybe we're going to do a World Cup for women now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is whatever. <laughs> but yeah, uh, have you heard of that uh, COPA 71 documentary? I have not. So we had kind of mentioned it in a past because I was trying to get into the soccer stuff. I was like, oh, we're going to bring on Whitney. I don't have to do this. Yay. Uh, <laughs> which I know very little about. <laughs> but we didn't want to talk about that. There was a documentary kind of, that just came out like recently uh, about one of the World Cups that was hosted. Uh, not a World Cup, but a championship, I guess, that was actually mm-hmm. hosted in 71 and how much money they brought in at that point. It was all women. And they they had to go and search down all of this like record and film and talk to the individual players because it was all women. They made up probably more money than the men that year for sure and like brought in just as big as a crowd as the world cup that year and like it's an amazing documentary but you need to watch it i think it's going to be released soon it's essentially a world cup that predates yeah. the fifa world cup like the official yeah. yeah so it only had like eight or 10 teams in Not general as many yeah countries participating right? yeah but it was still apparently such a big deal and they still waited another 25 years or 20 years right. to do it. Mm-hmm. Like they saw how much money it could make. And they're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> and they try to erase it, actually. That's how scared of women they are. Yeah. Growing up, when I would try to watch any sport. So all of my family, I, I grew up with three brothers. So I was the only girl for the longest time. And sports were on TV all the time. Anytime I changed the channel and wanted to watch a women's sport, specifically women's basketball or women's soccer, my dad would joke and because he knew it would, you know, he could get a rise out of me and be like, oh man, I'd rather watch paint dry or rather, you know, cut leaves. Yeah, and he thought he was being funny, but like, it's kind of true. Like the, yeah. that was the attitude towards watching women's sports on television at that time. And kind of is for some people still, which is right. Terrible. Even still. Reality. Yeah. It's really frustrating because it's always like the second. It's like the men's, they go first. Right. And then the women um, in terms of like airtime or just even events, uh, they're seen as secondary. Which I do think women's soccer really shone a light on like, well, why though? Because... 
I'm not doing so well. Right, let's take a look at the U.S. men's national team. Right. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but something else you mentioned, because when I, I first approached you about this, I was like, would you like to talk about it? And then you had all of these <laughs> things and it was amazing. I was like, this is the best. Um, but something else you mentioned was kind of how queer this World Cup was, but also the kind of backlash against that, especially with like um, the armbands and the banning of the uh, like the pride armbands, I guess. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? So I think this originated from a ruling that occurred in the Men's World Cup last year in Qatar uh, because it's a primarily Islamic nation. Um, there was There was some dispute between FIFA, the organization, and the host country themselves. And the compromise they came to is that they, you know, we used to have pride armbands for the captains that would just be a rainbow. Just a rainbow armband. Doesn't mean anything. Just, hey, this is a rainbow armband. Uh, And those were banned from where during the play as kind of like a um, compromise. For them to be able to host in the country, which is really unfortunate, uh, but that ruling hasn't changed. And so, for the women's cup, they also haven't been able to wear the pride armbands, even though there's a tremendous amount of um, queer women in this World Cup. So, some things that people have done. One of my favorite players, Allie Riley, she's actually from New Zealand, but she plays here in the U.S. She painted her nails. On one hand, she painted them rainbow. And then on the other hand, she did pink, blue, and white for the transgender flag. So I thought it was super cool. Just oh, like, cool. Oh, like a little like subtle, like F you, we're still going to, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> still going to represent <laughs> yeah. and be an ally, you know, it was really cool. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. Most of the information that I get on the World Cup comes from my Instagram feed and which is about 50% soccer at this point, my algorithm, um, 45% of which is gay. But <laughs> you know what? My content <laughs> came in that way too. I kept getting like like all the queer updates and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> Which I'm not mad about. But I'm very confused. But I'm like, okay. Well, I like this is the content I would want. <laughs> right. So I stumbled upon an article that said that this was the queerest World Cup in history. Um, and specifically that there are ninety-six out LGBTQ athletes in this World Cup, which roughly translates to about 13% of the entire player population, which is awesome. And what's awesome is that obviously this has been the case forever, but now we have people that are comfortable, brave enough to be open about it and, you know, like take ownership of their identity and who they are. Um, We have our first out trans non-binary player Quinn, who plays for Canada. Super cool to see that. And just just going back to these women um, using their platform to create representation, like to provide that representation that we have been needing for a century, you know? True. Yeah. I loved all the uh, watching clips of everybody hugging each other, finding each other's partners and like celebrating together. It was beautiful to see uh, the fashion in itself 
everybody like oh, that yeah. was one of the number one things Did that i would say yes the suits i was like their well there it is suits? yes i get it yeah. because for some reason again <laughs> don't that, need no dress. My, my tiktok is very, very telling i'm like i'm and I don't, I'm not a queer, but okay. Yeah, okay. Y'all just keep feeding me this because it looks good on them. They look good. You're queer adjacent. Apparently, you <laughs> very so much so. I was like, oh, I love all of this. It's not a bad thing. No, right. I love it. I'm like, keep me on. This is, this is a safer space for me. I like this. <laughs> and this is, we're killing it. They were killing it. I was like, ah, yeah, okay. I, I like that. Made me rethink my wardrobe. Mm. I'm telling you, they look good. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Well, speaking of, I did have a couple of things I wanted to mention uh, that I've seen. One is I saw this headline that was talking about um, this pushback against white shorts in the Women's World Cup. And I was like, huh, why? And then when I read it, I was like, oh, yeah, obviously, uh, because yeah. periods. It's <laughs> <laughs> like not something you want to think about, not a comfortable thing. But it just never occurred to me. I literally was like, well, what could it be? Breast stains, <laughs> obviously. Just <laughs> or if it rains, underwear outlines. White shorts are just a bad idea for all people. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of funny because at the same time, yes, we want to, let's just be comfortable. Why can't they just be comfortable? Why can't they be reasonable? But like, hey, don't complain when periods happen. It exists and you need to understand that these women are playing under some of the most uh, awful situations and periods would be one of those situations. Like, we should pay them more <laughs> just for doing that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. You're welcome. Yes. You have a uterus that bleeds, more money. Right. Right. <laughs> or you have to suffer through this and y'all should pay me. Absolutely. Well, that's one of the... we've had so many conversations about this. I mean, speaking of things that are shockingly recent, but I mean, when it comes to women's uniforms and <laughs> how sexist it is, like we we went over in the Olympics, uh, the requirements for like the handball team and the volleyball team uh, that just so different 
um, than what it is for men. So I, I thought that was interesting that that's another piece of this conversation. And then I wanted to talk about something that happened recently that was not good. But before we do that, a segue. Spain won Yay. the World Cup, right, Whitney? Yes. <laughs> it's the first time. Congratulations. Like, so I've, you know, I, I hate that we have to talk about what we have to talk about next, but like, congratulations. Um, but there was a, there's been a lot of controversy because, first of all, some of the players like refused to play under the men that were running it, uh, the Spanish um, organization and the coach. And then the guy who is president of the organization there, he kissed one of the players forcibly in front of cameras. Yep. Yep. And uh, she then is in a very strange place where she's like, I didn't want it. I don't know what to do about it. Like, can we forget about it? But he also really made it about himself and the male coach. Like, he really, really did. And I, it infuriates me because they did this thing. They won for the first time. Like that should be the conversation we're having. And instead it's like this guy felt like he could kiss this woman in public, in front of everybody, in front of cameras. And then was like, it's thanks to the male coach really that this happened. So it's just like really frustrating. And I know some of the other players have spoken out uh, from like the U.S. team and been like, this is, this is the misogyny of it that they think it's their space and that they this is just a body that they can do whatever they want to and it took me down a whole I read this whole article about like the history of uh, men publicly kissing women against their will and like very like on tv like (laughs) and it them being like oh well it was the moment or you weren't there you didn't feel the emotion and all of this stuff but like you're just <laughs> you're that's not acceptable that's just not acceptable <laughs> 100% unacceptable i have to say that so i did watch the incident that you're talking about it happened during the medal ceremony after the game concluded um and so all the players walked across the stage the queen the queen of spain was there as well as her daughter and they all congratulated them most of them did hug um and as in spanish culture they do kiss on either one or both cheeks. Um, and so I was, as I was watching that, seeing people kiss on the cheek, that didn't seem out of the ordinary to me. But then, like you said, um, when Hermoso went to to hug him, he just just laid one on her without her any, you know, permission whatsoever. And it's just 100% unprofessional and it detracts from their moment, detracts from their celebration. Like, it marred their their award ceremony that they've worked their lives for like it's i'm sorry (laughs) no it is appropriate (laughs) you know and like i didn't know any of this incident i'm now looking it up and i was like oh damn what happened and the comments in the section when it reports it instead of saying this is inappropriate this is wrong they're making every excuse for the dude as if that's okay. And that's the part that's like, no, this is part of the problem. When we see things like this happen, and immediately the first thing people want to do is defend the dude instead of saying, yeah, that's at the very least saying, that seems inappropriate. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't have done that. Maybe that should have been like, I, this seems all kinds of wrong. Also, do they even know each other? 
so many questions that I would be like, what? Why? What? To this point of like everybody just defending it. Well, you don't know the culture. Like people who are not from Spain saying we don't know culture was like, which is partially true, but why are you defending something that she has already made a statement saying this was unacceptable? Like she's the one that right. said that. She said, I didn't really want it. She said yeah. that. So that's where we should leave. So there's no, there's no question about it. It was not. Yeah. Once again, ex- like excusing him. Right. Which is that whole big problem. Of like, okay, you don't see why this is a problem because we're talking about this, as Annie was saying, instead of the fact that they won and to celebrate that. Yes. It infuriates me. This shouldn't be a thing. Like they shouldn't, this sh- they should be just celebrating it. Instead, everyone's like mad at her and she's in this horrible place because she's like, well, what do I do? Like, I don't, <laughs> being like, well, he was just in the moment, though, so it's fine. And okay, that's scary. Then, like, why do you think his automatic reaction should be to kiss someone? Like, that is a punch for me. Like, if you touching me, if you're touching me in any weird way in <laughs> general, a kiss, it's like a knee to the balls or something, <laughs> because like that's your reaction, that's your instinct. God, that's my instinct. <laughs> Well, and yeah, that's the thing is, is I really, I, I went on the whole history of this. Uh, I was reading about it and there were just so many instances of women saying, well, I froze because I felt like I was, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what to do. I didn't feel safe. I knew he was like more power than me. Um, but if you look at the picture, which it's unfortunate, but you can find it, uh, it doesn't, it looks really aggressive. Like it doesn't, it does. It's a very forceful, and she's just like still not reciprocating. Like, and then and then he went on and said, like, we're gonna go and get married. Like he didn't like let up. And then I think the is it president of Spain, Prime Minister Spain, he was like, This apology is not enough. Like it's become this whole yeah. thing when they should just be allowed to f-ing celebrate without a man coming in. Right. <laughs> Hundred yeah. percent, which is why also I was happy that the queen of Spain was there, not the king. I was like, yes, this, <laughs> and their all of their interactions were totally appropriate. There was no weirdness there. But that's the this is the part. It's like for the star player, this is the moment that's pictured everywhere. Yes. This would piss me off. But that's the picture. Absolutely. That's the picture that people are going to remember. Why? And Jenny Hermoso is one of them, like the best players in the world far none so the fact that that he even has to be associated with that instead of her accomplishments as a soccer player that sucks yeah and that was that was the psychology i was reading behind it was it's always like let me make this celebration about me let me make sure i'm when men do it it's like let me make sure i am showing like i am the dominant person here and I the way he aggressively grabs her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does suck. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you actually read the statement that he makes as the apology? Now that I'm reading it, I'm like, oh yeah, he he's an asshole. Like just straightforward. Like it says, I have to apologize. There's no other option, <laughs> right? Um, he says in the video. And furthermore, learn from this and understand that when you are president of an institution as important as the Federation, you have to be more careful, especially in ceremony. <laughs> so all of that was like, no, so you don't understand in, even if it wasn't a ceremony. Right? <laughs> that's wrong. Like, what? Do you do this on the daily? If that's the questions. Then we need a lot of questions. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, like I said, that's assault. Like I said, I believe it was 13 to 15 players uh, like refused to play under him um, until they like made changes. So you're probably spot on, Samantha. I'm sure he is a complete douche. (laughs) He's done this before. Like with cameras not there. Well, I'm, I'm questioning, yeah, I'm questioning if there's going to be, like, a Me Too through that organization because that's heavy-handedly, like, obvious that he thinks he has that right. Yep. So what does that mean? Yep. Oof. Congratulations, I know, Kate. really, honestly, like, good job. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I really hate it. <laughs> he did this. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just wanted to, I knew we had to talk about that. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. But I guess, is there like a high note? or Is there something we can end on on a high note, Whitney? Is there anything you're looking forward to? Any other... I don't know, happier thing <laughs> that we can end on. This is not like an actual soccer moment. It's just a moment that happened on the internet, really. When the U.S. was eliminated, like I said, there was tons of backlash, even from former U.S. women's players, i.e. Carly Lloyd, who's now an announcer, and you know, talked about how this team was... Didn't it, the culture was different from when she was a player, and that the work ethic wasn't there? And she made she made disparaging remarks about uh, Rapino smiling after she missed her final PK of her career, essentially. Um, and I think what was inspiring to me was to see all of her, all of the actual team members come back and use their platforms to say, "Hey, we're here." We know this is what your expectation was, but don't you dare say we don't work hard. Um, you know, some people laugh when they're sad and uncomfortable. So, like, you want us to smile, you don't want us to smile. Which one is it? Make up your mind. But they were there for each other as a team, and they, you know, their cohesiveness and their willingness to stand up for themselves and each other. I think that 
that's the big takeaway from this is just the representation and these beautiful humans using their platform for good. You know, the haters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the haters. <laughs> but also unity. I love to see that. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and going back to what you said, I love that for younger people who maybe are, you know, you trying to watch women's sports as a child and getting kind of made fun of for it. Like maybe that's shifting and, and being able to see this and being inspired by it. Um, whether, th- whether that is just finding your friend that you're competitive with and have fun with or going up to, to the national, international level or whatever it is. Like I think a lot of times when we say inspired, it feels like you have to be like the best star ever. But it could really be like you just, oh, maybe I want to go play that. And then you make friends through that. And then something happens through that. I think that's really powerful. Um, and I think that having these people to to watch and to look up to and seeing how they are unified and have each other's backs and how they have these platforms and what they're standing for, like, that is really powerful. And they really, like, they really have been vocal about about like equal pay about uh queer rights and about mental health like all of these things they really have and so i think that's hugely important too so yeah good things (laughs) there are good things there are there are perhaps whitney and i shall have a rematch of I don't know what sport. Name the time and place. I was going to say, you have yet to say which sport you're really competitive in other than where you got, when you got injured. Everyone! This is one of the things, like, when you do your yearly trip to the beach yes. and then have your Olympics, which oh, are... yes. <laughs> do the people know the Olympics? I just want you to know I won the most gold medals in that Whitney Olympics. did. She defeated <laughs> me. Olympics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Not to toot my own horn. Um, I also would like it to be on record that I once beat Annie at Star Wars Seen It, oh. and we don't need to go into that any further. Oh, no, I no. heard we this. Don't. I've heard <laughs> this. I've heard of this. Inf- infamous moment. How dare you? How was I supposed oh. to know that that was Jabba the Hutt? Uh. And yet... <laughs> For those of you that don't know me, uh, Annie's Star Wars knowledge is far surpasses mine so it was just a very triumphant moment it is a good moment i shall never it haunts her clearly i remember that the loss (laughs) i knew about it before i've met you whitney so yes (laughs) she remembers it's in the story tales of the halls of whitney and his friendship that (laughs) you need a plaque you need a plaque or something for sure that's true that's true i still have star wars seen it i don't know if i could stomach it again but <laughs> maybe after <laughs> losing so hard, she's just too bad. I like how you said so hard. I don't whatever. You lost, yeah. If you I lose, yeah. It was bad. It stuck with me. <laughs> but I learned. <laughs> but and yet and yet we remain friends. And, and yet, yet you're still friends. <laughs> That's good so sports. So womanship. Far. Yes. Good sports. <laughs> Yay, sports. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on, Whitney. This has been so fun. Yes. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed myself. Hopefully, this was a good conversation. I think it was. It was. Oh, I think so. I think so. And I'm sure we'll have you back. 
You're our, our soccer expert. So anytime. Now you are, yes. Our sprinty <laughs> soccer correspondent. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. Uh, listeners, if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is stephaniemomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Momstuff Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. We have a tea public store. We have a book. You can order it at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.